And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch. From growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgan's founder of Marknology. Here is today's host of Startup Hustle. Today we're going to be talking about team-powered scaling and, and just agency growth and scaling in general. Uh, before I introduce today's guest, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Gusto. If you're a startup, this is for you. I want to tell you about Gusto. Gusto built an easier and more affordable way to manage payroll, benefits, and more. They help over 300,000 businesses take the pain out of tasks like automated payroll, tax filing, direct deposit, health insurance, admin, 401k, onboarding tools, you name it. Gusto makes it easy. And they really care about the small business owners they work with. Try a three-month free subscription now. Just sign up at gusto.com backslash startup hustle to get started. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle and guys i am actually a user of gusto i have been for the last three years so not just reading a sponsor read i you know i've been on the platform uh it's really helped us i wanted to be uh more flexible on the move on the go handle my payroll from anywhere in the world um and gusto at that time was uh, a leader and definitely helped me pioneer kind of in my own business how to do that you know i was still writing checks to different people using ping pong using some of these international payment tools and whatever and um Gusto just helped us get organized. So without further ado, Jordan Ross, welcome to the show. What up? Gusto is, everyone needs Gusto. It like is so, it is a lifesaver for the small business owner. Everyone I would I, I wouldn't disagree. Um, you know, this is the first hire I ever made in my agency was, was a CPA. And then, uh, you know, bookkeeping help. That's been somewhere that I'm always getting, you know, always been getting help. And, um, you know, it's something that just having that part of your business tidied up and organized and you can go into one spot and know where everything is. It's like, it's just so much peace for someone like for sure. me that's a worrier. Um, you know, knowing how to use a system and it's asking you questions. It's like reminding you about stuff. It's like, I mean, thank you, Gusto. Um, but talk to me, talk to me, um, Jordan, uh, I like getting started in the show early on people just getting to know Jordan and not just what we do. Um, but sharing a little bit about your journey that's gotten you to here, you know, early entrepreneurial kind of, um, thinking, you know, did you go to school knowing you wanted to be a business owner? Did you start out at an agency? Like, you know, what kind of got you to where you are now? Um, you're in, you're in California, right? LA baby. Physically. I love it. Typical LA thing. I'm not from here, but you know, I you're just hit winter. Well, you've survived the pandemic in LA at least. So you're one of the survivors. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of e-commerce friends in LA. Um, so I go down there once in a while, usually for these like crazy events that we would never have in the Midwest, but uh, I go and get a little crazy in LA. And um, the last one we went to was like Alice in Wonderland, I think was walking around in, at our event. It was really cool. Um, but where, where are you from originally? From Long Island and yeah, I'll I'll just drop into the the quick overview. Yeah. I like and I I want to acknowledge you. I like how you frame. Tell us like more about the person. I'm I'm super good at giving the business overview, but uh 
I'll give the quick spiel. I ended up in the Midwest, so shout out to you and Casey. One of my best Thank friends you. is in Casey, Adam Tank. That guy runs a mid-eight-figure business valued at over nine figures. So if you're ever trying to network, guys, guy's a goat. I okay. love him. Um, I ended up at Ohio State, just wanted big sports and big parties and good school. And when I was a sophomore in college, I saw a presentation from Amazon, knowing at that point in my life I wanted to build a business but didn't know how or what. And they pitched it as if you have big ambitions and you want to manage people at school, this is the place to be. You could manage 100 people at college. I was like, whoa, well, that's crazy. And Lewis Howe's School of Greatness, which was, you know, that was like a big podcast, still a big podcast. But at that time, it was like one of the big early up and comers. This is like 2013 time frame. And he's like, if you want to go build a business, go build skills. So I was like, I'm going to go build ops management skills. I went to Amazon. Uh, well, which, went, which HQ? Was it Seattle? I went to Amazon Fulfillment. So I'm in a warehouse. Okay. Full Midwest vibes. In Ohio? So, yeah. So I launched CMH1 at that time in Amazon's history in 2016. It was the large volume fulfillment site in the world. So that was a great place to start. So I'm 21. Within three months of launching that building, I got 100 employees. I don't know what I'm doing. I almost get fired six months in. I almost get put on a pip. And my manager alluded to it in January 2017, he looked at me, he's like, if you don't figure this shit out, it's going to be pretty stressful for both of us. And that was because like, I'm not an operator by nature. My nature is to be like, uh, if people know Gina Wickman and Traction and EOS, I'm a visionary, visionary by nature. Same. And I ended up investing, I think $5,000 because I wasn't getting the development from Amazon. I found the one thing from Gary Keller, uh, which just taught me how to reverse engineer success and simplify on the 20% Pareto's principle that leads to 8% of the results. I figured it out. I worked there for four years. I managed over 2,500 employees. When I was 24, I was running a org chart of over 800 individuals in Los Angeles. So I had launched three fulfillment centers. Um, and by the time I was done, I was like, I'm an operations genius compared to the rest of the world. That Amazon, just another person, but in, yeah. outside in the rest of, Amazon, of the world, I'm a genius. Yeah, yeah. And I started consulting on the side, my first client ever as an agency. And during that journey, I was trying to figure out, I wanted to be like a Tony Robbins type of person. If you work with Tony Robbins and you're running an eight or nine or 10 or 11 figure company, you're doing everything. And I really wanted to do the everything. What I ultimately realized was I just need to focus on the thing that actually grows these companies because that's what's going to allow me to grow my business, to grow my influence, to grow my impact. Because you're going to get referrals, you're going to get people talking about you if you're winning, if you're helping them win. For sure. So I would say my long-term objective, it's a spiritual one in nature. It's to elevate the collective consciousness. That's a forever objection. I'm never going to do it. Like that's, I'm never going to hit. The, there's no goal to hit. It's just you're not going to buy the jets. Like yeah. Um, but my, my business, you know, through my Amazon experience and through consulting, I stumbled into realizing that no one knows how to scale a company, right? I was talking with someone before this call and they were telling me how they're running a low seven figure, multi seven figure business and they're trying to figure out middle management. Well, that's Amazon, right? How do you structure the operation? How do you source, hire, onboard, train, manage, sustain, develop, build culture, execute your people? So to date, 8F, my company, we've worked with over 800 agencies and service-based businesses. Of the 800, probably seven to 750 are agencies. Um, the big focus when we engage with someone, it's, it's consulting identifying what the constraint is. There are four constraints in the business, the amount of leads you get, the amount of sales you close, percentage you close, uh, what your operational capacity is, how many you could onboard and how many you can maintain and what your LTV is. Your LTV is a function of your price and your churn. 
So we solved the last two. And then initially we, you know, we holistically started solving a lot of those things, but all my consultants are eight figure COOs and CEOs that can work for me. We're implementing the Amazonian blueprint and we start out as a consultant, but because all my consultants are eight figure talent, a guy who's running a two, three, four, five, seven million dollar business, once you solve the problems with us, you now have an advisor that you trust that intimately knows your business better than anyone you're going to ever meet in the marketplace who has already grown to 20, 30, 50, 80 million. So we end up working with our clients longer term. And that's the objective of the consultancy to it's consulting the backdoors advisory um, because so, everyone needs, everyone needs an outside perspective. I need it. I, I just dropped 5k yesterday for someone to come in and just look at my business because Solomon's paradox, it's a psychological principle that states we cannot see our problems as clearly as someone else can, and we cannot solve them as clearly as someone else can. So I spend tens of thousands of dollars every year um, kind of drinking my own Kool-Aid, so to speak, practicing what I preach. And that that's me in a nutshell. I, I love people. Um, I'm married. I live in the, the Palisades in Los Angeles. I live on the beach. So just trying to spread good vibes and trying to on F up the marketplace because there's a lot of bad education. Shout out to EOS very mediocre business solution. I'm sorry if you use them. Um, but I, I've been coined the EOS doctor because I've had, I was on a call even today, this business running $3 million annually. He's like, we're going to go out of business if I don't unscrew up this thing. So there's a lot of bad education in the marketplace and the best yeah. solution is the Amazon education. Let's just do the Amazon way. So Whoa. that's my I, overview. I love it. Thank you. One for sharing. I have a lot of, uh, follow-up actually, a lot of the good nuggets in there. Um, you know, I built my agency by modeling, selling on Amazon and the principles of Amazon. So I've studied Amazon from the outside, like a freak, 13 years in. Um, so, you know, just the way they do everything, the methodology, what dials to turn, what are they caring about? Why is the customer first over the seller? Um, how is the system working on the back end? Like, you know, their process and their order and um, do things the right way. You know, it was never the black hat way. It was the white hat way for me. Let me figure out why they're trying to do this. I went to school for systems. And um, so that made a lot of sense. But we, you know, building, helping businesses build successful businesses on Amazon um, helped shape the way I built my agency, you know, and something you said in there, which is like, you know, when people get successful, they now have someone that intimately knows their business that's at the next level. Well, that's so huge um, because you said no one knows how to scale. And I can remember going from three people to eight people, to 12 people, to eight people, to 12 people, to 13 people, to nine people. You know, uh, if you're bootstrapping your stuff, you're not just like hiring them on a whim. You know, you're like trying to make stuff work and you're scaling up and then you're taking a few steps back and they're scaling up and taking a few steps back. People get poached. There's so many things that happen. Um, but what I definitely learned that I didn't know was um it's a whole new game at each level it's a whole new game. every level. level's its own game and like, i think every level it's you like know, mario I, party or mario right? like super it's super mario but in adulthood and obviously and my that's 90, how, my that was my expectations were off i think as a as an entrepreneur like just naive just doing my thing um I would get to the next level and then be like surprised that holy shit I have so much more work to do and instead work of being like stops. I thought I figured it out I thought I figured it out like that's what helped me get you know in the stupid cliche sayings that are like what got you here won't get you there and you know what you did to get the hustle you did to like get you to this sales process is not going to build out a sales team like you know or 
um, you know, the different aspects like you talked about, um, how many leads you're getting, what's your close rate, you know, your, um, what's your churn, what's your lifetime value, how long are you keeping the clients, like how many hours are you spending on them? Do they bring in other leads? Like those things, if you're not an engineer and if you're a visionary, a trailblazer, you know, a thought leader, maybe doing something for other people and there isn't like a roadmap, you know, there isn't a franchise that you can buy to just repeat it. Um, it can be really, it can, you can feel hopeless a lot, you know, it's stressful. It's, it's stressful. Um, I think when, once you get, when I got into entrepreneurship, I felt that I knew everything because of Amazon. And I thought, you know, from quitting Amazon, I, within, within 12 months, I was running a million dollar business. And within 15 months, I was running a $2 million business. And that was my, and then, and then the reality of every day or every quarter is leg day. You're going to the gym, you're doing legs, it's going to burn, it's not going to be fun, but you got to do the work. If you want to get stronger and you get through this, you got to go to the gym. And a lot of people don't want to wake up and go to the gym and get their ass kicked because you're going to get an ass whooping. That's yeah. what the game is. And the second you embrace that is the second you see the game in a whole different way when you're excited to go to the gym. You're amped up to feel that burn cool we're, we're solving things we're making things better let's do this it's um i think it's a really good comparison yeah it's keeping the perspective right right it's really um and you know you go through these different phases where the perspective is dialed in the focus the why is so clear okay i'm ready to just take an ass whooping and then there's other times where it's just like oh, i can't get air you know and if you're doing anything for any extended period of time and you're not just like a quick tech startup that popped up you know you're doing something for extended period of time I don't care who you are, you're going to go through those those periods. Um, and scaling can just be, you know, was, if you don't nothing, it's pretty much they're like focused on cash flow and scaling. Like those are the things that like that cripple most businesses or keep them from growing or, you know, keep them from being successful. Most businesses go under because of cash flow and scaling isn't the hardest thing to do. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to make those priorities like my entire entrepreneurial career, like focus on, okay, scaling people and, um, you know, and I've done some things right. And like, I'm an owner operator and that I know how to do all the things that we do at the agency. So, you know, it's easier to lead and, you know, that experience of actually talking about what, you know, um, some of those things are good. Like I am an Amazon pro. I'm not just an agency pro that gives advice. Like I build my own brands. I've, I've done every position in the company, one of those kinds of guys. Right. Um, but at the same time, like not knowing, process and organization and not coming from like an Amazon, you know, for five years or whatever that teaches you like this, 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 this. I was a musician that like, I'm an artist, you know, yeah, you're creative, way. man. You're making shit. Yes, and exactly. And, um, versus bettering it. And so I, you go into these phases in your business and this is where you need, you need assistance in my opinion, like in the same way that I believe people need to hire our agency because we're probably better than anyone you can get in house out there on the market. And I think we'd be go head to head with any agency out there in regards to what we do. It's more about who do you want to work with the personality? It's type. the vibes. It's the people. It's the vibes. Um, you know, with that, I'm like, I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident. Um, but there's other areas that it, it doesn't go like that, you know, and there's all these other areas that you don't understand exactly. Um, like, like, um, creating SOPs or then, you know, like, so you can hire people to help you with that. Like I hired a company called Scala, give them a little plug on the show. 
they'll do everything for you, but they come in and you, it's a lot of heavy lifting on your own team, but you come in and they interview all your employees and they're helping you get infrastructure and hierarchy and, you know, write SOPs for every position and interviewing them and really helping you bring a lot of that organization to life, you know, over a year's time. Um, and like you talked about just dropping $5,000 on, you know, maybe a coach or an audit of your business or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, I've got three at the moment. I've got, uh, and, and I've got, um, an m a coach it's like a it's a year-long course okay um is that peter lang it's not peter lang um it is not it's called exit dna um he's had a bunch of amazing exits that were unorthodox in regards to um not paid just on ebitda got but got better offers for for staff and team and things like that so some things that just resonated with me um not necessarily that I'm trying to exit right now, but it's like, I want to be ready. I want to. Yeah. Be you got to be prepared. Yeah. It's a, it's a two to three year process if you're going to do it the right way. Right. It's like getting a, getting a trainer, like, you know, um, you know, I want to be more educated in this area and I'm spending a lot of my time in other areas. So I need to bring that coach in. Um, another one would be a, a sales schema with Dan Englander, um, helps you how to, uh, you know, really build out an outbound sales process. So a lot of my business is built on referrals, inbound marketing, you know, those kinds of things. And you talk about where the lead's coming from. Well, I've got a coach, right? I've got a coach trying to help me with that, help my team. Um, and the other one has been um, on uh, on the agency side. So um, it's a little bit different arrangement, but essentially like, a, you know, someone looking at your business, looking at the things you're dealing with saying, hey, I've got a template, I've got a roadmap. This is how we did it here before. This is how we've done it, you know, in years past. And um, it is just like, I can understand why your business has exploded and like, you know, why you guys have had the success you've got because you can be an amazing Facebook ads guy or amazing creative or amazing Amazon consultant or amazing, um, you know, photographer and really build an agency built on like a few talented people. But when it comes to actually building an agency, that's something entirely different. Um, it's something the last few years that we've scaled kind of from that, like teen, teen, uh, amount of employees to in the thirties has just been, um, different ball game going from 30 to 52 and 5,100. It's each level, different ball game. Right. And God decide, do you, do you like playing startup ball? You know, do you like playing, um, you know, I love it all, man. Yeah. I, you want to be I'm, in the big leagues. You like, you like doing this, you know, where's your passion? I think some of that matters on how big of a team you want to build. Yeah. I'll t- and I'll tell you for me, the reason that we got clients, we got six, seven, eight, and nine figure clients. I just love the game of business. So the cool thing, the fundamentals are the same at the nine figure agencies we go to and the nine figure companies are they are at the seven. It's the same fundamentals. And the and let's just use your business as an example. Please. 30 person business, you need to have a really strong core foundation of your operation, really clear workflow, expectations, end of day reporting. A lot of people do not have that. Um, standard work checklist, uh, data tracking across the business, operations meeting. And then the pin of this is that you're driving ownership in, in roles. So like operations meetings and your weekly meetings or whatever those meetings are for your team, it should be their reporting out. This allows you to better source, hire, onboard, and train faster. And then you could create a better organizational structure. What's the ratio of clients to pod structure? I, I don't know if you guys have a pod structure, but that that's usually what happens, right? So when you go from 30 to 60, it's really you're just taking the business and it's basically duplicating it where you have 
two, maybe two departments or a series of, if you're doing Amazon growth, right, you might have a pod that each pod could work on 10 accounts, 15, 20 accounts. And then every time we have 10, 15, we bring on a new pod. Eventually you just have so many pods where you now need senior leadership of pod managers. Each senior leader has four pod managers, which has their pods and that that series duplicates where you have a VP, which manages like the three pod leaders, which manages the pod managers, which manages the actual pod. And across that full thing, the fundamentals don't change. And that's what people don't get. The only thing that changes is from 30 to 50 to 100, the word is culture. Word is culture. What is culture? And for me, it's this one of my probably most valuable insight in Amazon to what your people saying do when you're not there. How do I influence it? A lot of it is what you do through your operation. Do you have very clear expectations? Do you have those audits? Do you have, but the big ones are how do you coach, develop, train, do annual reviews and give promotions? A lot of it's, do we have clear values at Amazon? When you get sourced and interviewed, you're getting interviewed with based and graded on Amazon principles. You don't see the grading, but I know the grading. And when you get interviewed, they're going to send you the Amazon principles to study them. When you are get giving feedback, on the in, on the warehouse floor and in, in your one-on-ones and in your semi and annual reviews, giving feedback based on those values. When you get a promotion, it's because you demonstrate specific values, right? So you're getting rewarded for buying into these concepts. These mental concepts and values create a blueprint. There's so much more, but the, the nuance of it is there's values and heuristics. Heuristics are simple sets of rules that drive complex sets of behavior yeah. at Amazon. And when you're getting trained as a manager, getting trained on a bunch of different micro principles, Trust but verify, assume positive events, assume positive intent, seek to understand. These drive behaviors on a micro level. And then you have overarching themes that we are aspiring to be greater than collective, to be the world's most customer-centric company. That's Amazon, right? So the game compounds if you know the data. But the thing that holds it all together is how you drive culture. And for me, going from 30 to 50, 100, the number one important frame, like I have a frame on my eyes, the frame is elite standards. Mm. That's the frame of Amazon. That's the thing. Everything is there is an elite standard of operation. And put simply, we're going to see everything. Just like in sports, if you're going to a stadium to watch any game, if someone messes up, everyone sees it. Why should it be any different in the business? And like a lot of people, especially millennials, Gen Z, people don't want that visibility. They don't want that sauce. They don't right. want it. You need you need it. In my business, there's an end of day report. Everyone sees it. I called out. I, I replied back to someone. I said, hey, hey, XYZ name. Any reason why we didn't send this report? I had an employee. He hit me back. He said, hey, public call outs aren't cool. And in that instance, I actually shouldn't have called them out. But I actually said, hey, thanks for the feedback, but Public calls are not about making someone feel poorly. It's about insisting on a high standard of performance. And I'm not calling him out. I'm saying, hey, what happened today? And a lot of people can't handle that. That's not being rude. That's just when I played basketball. 101. That's all. Just what happened? And the social pressure creates a high standard. It's the businesses with the highest standards when... And if you want to get, as an agency, if you want to get the best clients, if you want to get the best reputation, if you want to get the best talent to join your team, the best talent to stay on your team, you have to have those high standards. You know, Um, I recently have taken the place of uh, 
a director of ads, media buying here, and I'm stepping in as a, in an interim role until we get to get him wow. in place. And uh, I love doing it because it's it's uh, really what I got my start doing. Uh, just you know, PPC, that kind of stuff. We have a team of four, um, so the workflow is covered. It's more like the leadership role of it, right? And um, but just coming in and uh, honestly, like raising a little hell, I'll be honest, uh, raising a little hell because the standards um, are below where I would like them to be in regards to just the small things, you know, like the check-ins, the communication, you know, adding notes to tasks before you close them out. instead of just closing them out. Some of these basic things that happen, you know, in a team. And um, because, you know, a lot of the mid-management here has been, you know, we're just, we're a very encouraging culture. Like, you know, we like support each other. We're very free. You gotta be, you gotta be encouraging. You can't have high standards without also being correct. Loving. You have but it, you need both, right? It's like it's like, uh, and so the the theme around here lately is like, look, I'm the managers are the ones in trouble if they're covering for the people that need them, right? And that's your problem because it's it's holding us all back by people scoring people highly because they don't want to call anyone out or saying they did fine or did great when when in reality, you know, the deliverable is not as good as it should be. Um, so going back through that, it's constantly something as you scale and you get different people in different positions, um, insisting on that elite, that elite, um, deliverable. That's like, look, I'm trying to be the best agency in space at what we do. There's no space for you here. And I, listen, I come from a missionary family. I come from like some softies, um, you know, and just regards to like, you know, just loving people and, you know, not that like, I don't have a kernel for a dad or anything like that. Um, but there is a, um, you know, a drive to be the best here. And like that, that's part of our culture is like, look, if we want to keep working on brands that we consider world-class and we, we work with world-class We brands, need to be world-class. We have to be world-class. And uh, it's nothing against you personally. There's a bunch of companies you can go work for. A lot of Amazon agencies that accept less than world-class. And I'm sure there's a spot for you there, right? You know, um, but for us here, like, you know, just read like what, what you want that culture to be is um you know we want to be elite we want to be world-class so that's really um you know that's something that we're we're um working on i feel like we have an amazing team members um it's really just figuring out how to get those uh those like drill sergeants i guess a little bit those mid managers that are just really passing down the culture from the c-suite to that that's the key i know we were talking beforehand like how we build that middle management process it's tough. I think a lot of people, from a managerial perspective, we talk about um, the avatar and the ICP of our prospect. One of the most important components is also mapping out your ICP and avatar for your roles that you're hiring. Yeah, yeah. the talent the talent funnel. Um, I'm curious for you. Have 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 you got how have you guys or this is something you're working through? I'm happy to workshop in real time. How have you guys found the process of building that middle management team? So I feel like we are maybe for the first time in a long time um, have some real people here that I'm excited about. And I don't just mean, I mean, for mid management. Okay. I've had great doers. Um, I just mean like, I'm always hoping for the best. I believe in the talent and potential of people when I'm, you know, but these like, I've got some rock stars right now that I'm just like, wow, maybe it is possible to duplicate some of these rock stars. Um, I've had rock stars come and go too in our industry. It's a booming industry. So, you know, a New York agency can come and offer 50K more and, and take a person. I understand that. And you can't hold anyone back to that, right? You got to figure out ways to keep people 
um, incentivize them and, and get buy-in. Um, but for me, and I honestly thought for the longest time I needed to keep stuff central to Kansas City. Um, I was like, we're just such a team. We collaborate. The communication that has to happen. We're brand builders. Like, you know, we got to be in, in a similar space. And we had some remote, but it wasn't like the majority of our team. And um, what I've actually found is I've just found a couple amazing people, um, one in one right, leading our SEO team in Columbia. Um, she's just really stepped up. Like you can just tell when some people have the ability to lead others, you know. And then um, we found a couple more talented people actually in Eastern Europe. So I went outside of my like what I thought I needed, uh, number one, and um, found people like that I just didn't believe I would find in those places. Uh, not just because I'm like Eastern Europe's a lot of good talent. We got, oh my we got God. a lot of good. We've had a lot. We have a lot. Of, we have a resource. We refer to our clients to them, and they refer a lot of great talent to our clients in the Carpathian region. I think that's Albania, maybe Serbia, in Serbia, maybe. Yeah, that maybe. sounds more like it. We might even be using the same resource. Who knows? But um, there's definitely a talent agency, you know, I, that I, and that's how I found, um, traveling the world too, allowed me to be in some of these places and be like, wow, there's like some great, like Columbia. I just saw the design and art and culture in there. And, you know, they're also our same time zone. And, um, when it comes to like, just being on the same page with my team, like here, it was just like an immediate fit. And, um, so you talk about how that's been going for me. I feel like we're, um, we're finding some success and I'm pumped. Like it's got me hyped up about it um just seeing the potential and and also seeing like what i'm refusing to settle for i think that's where i'm kind of hitting like turning a new leaf is like we've had some people in positions some of it just by opportunity sometimes just like what's happening find ourselves like you know in this position i'm in my director of ads and just being like you know um we had good i want great i want great um and whether that's the person or the fit or the timing you know there's a whole bunch of different things at play but um if we want to be elite we have to hire elite people um and um i definitely believe in getting the right people in the right spots is like really important um but when you find people that just care it's almost like a the professional curiosity piece or people that just care is like you don't really need to be working with them that long to figure that part out um and i don't know how amazon did that how they like you know during the interview process or whatever um but my mentor told me one time, like, you know, how many times have you hired someone in the first couple of weeks, like didn't think they were gr- going to be great. And then they just turned out to be amazing. And you might be the exception because you're your boss telling you, if you didn't figure this out, you're gone. Right. But in general, I would say, yeah, you know, Matt, uh, you're, you're pretty right. Like usually I know within whether someone has all the knowledge or not, I know within the first few weeks, if they're going to be great, like if they're going to turn out to be great. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's just like, what are we willing to accept? I think for the longest time, my agency, I was just excited to have somebody work in here, like somebody like building this dream with us, like, you know, believing in what we're doing and being like, oh my God, they bought into what we're doing. They're, they're proud. This is a great fit for us. And now it's kind of, I feel like we're at that next level where I'm like, okay, I can't just be the, the threshold can't just be that they're willing to work with us and be part of our team. It's that, you know, I need elite. I need that professional curiosity obsession uh in the things that they do so that was a long answer a long-winded answer but like when i think about just you know how that's how that's working for us and trying to pass along to anyone listening like kind of what that thought development has been like for me it has been um having people it's almost like you don't know what you don't know and then you get somebody it's like you know you're dating girl you think you're in a good relationship 
you know, and then something happens, it ends and you meet somebody else that you're just like, wow, how was I ever, how was I ever like in that relationship for so long uh, when there's something like this out there, you know? Um, and some of it's probably us as a team growing so that when we come to that next position, we're ready. Um, well, yeah, I feel like that's, that's where we're at. That's going to be the key to marketology exploding into, you know, into the next few years. Good. Good. Keep it coming. Yeah. There's not a, I don't know if you've worked with any agencies in the Amazon space. Many. Um, many? Many. Yeah. You might know some of them. Um, the big, br- he's not a big brand, a good friend of mine, a Trivium agency based in oh, LA. Mina. Mina Elias. Mina's a homie. I, we used to oh. work out at Gold's Gym together a bunch. Um, That's who I was referring to when I said I got homies in LA, so. Oh, yeah, Mina. I love Mina. Yeah, Um, he's in Dubai right now, you know, doing weddings. About to get married, yeah. Yeah. I can't go there. Uh, Too many rules for me. So, Um, but no, he's he's an absolute beast. And seeing what he's doing with Trivium, like uh, if you had any hand in that, like just seeing him actually explode and get organized and everything has been awesome. (sighs) Mina's a sicko. And I don't think for anyone, that guy is not a normal human like there's nothing normal about him um i worked at we worked out together for a period of year uh, months and i loved i loved it because he's one of those guys that his pace his intensity every day his focus is there are like that guy's that guy's significant eight figure talent he just hasn't built it yet but most people aren't like me his default setting is engineer as well um, so, he, you know, he was he an engineer. engineer. He was an engineer before he built an agency. So what I mean by that is like you can be a creative and build an agency, right? Or you can be an engineer and build an agency. Um, there's different like kind of defaults, like, you know, whether you're a visionary or whether you're a process person or whatever. Um, and so it's different. Maybe the marketing is harder for the engineer type or whatever. But like that system, that process that like this is what I need to do to reverse engineer my solution is, uh, you know, I just like to watch him work. I like to watch him work. Um, we've done booths together. We speak together. We do collabs because he, he focuses on the PPC side and what kind of like the branding content side. So we we mash up pretty good. Um, cool. Good one to reference, by the way. I don't. I think he might be the only one I know of in LA. But um, we just onboard Rob Wiltsey. He's with Video. Him and Mina brought. So we had an event last month, two months ago in October. Um, and Mina brought a bunch of Amazon people. Uh, video Fresh, Rob okay. Wiltsey. You guys are comparable in size. Probably need to meet him. Um, friend of Mina. I mean, feel like ev- Mina knows everyone, right? Our That's industry kind of- is really small. So the Amazon industry is just like, it's pretty small in regards to like, not just number of agencies, but like there's people that own companies that never get out, never speak in the community, never ne- aren't involved in anything either. So you're never going to see them, but the ones that do, it's just, you know, it's a pretty small community. Um, so it's good. It, like you said, if you do elite work, then you're going to have people talking about your work and you know, you get what you want. I got a couple questions for you a little bit more yeah. pointed before we do. Um, want to know what fellow founders say about gusto. They say they now think of payroll as a 32nd job, that the website is friendly and a joy to use and that gusto has the best support team. Whenever something comes up, you can reach out and literally less than 24 hours later, it's handled. Smart technology and friendly humans. That's pretty cool. I've actually been a client for three plus years, guys. That's what I was saying. Um, I love Gusto. Right now, our listeners get 
three free months when they go to gusto.com backslash startup hustle. Yep. Three months of payroll benefits, admin, and more totally free. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle, or just li- or just click the link in the show notes. So um, you talked about like, you know, the principles being the same for uh, six figure agency, seven figure agency, eight figure agency. And, you know, something about business, whether I'm in real estate and property management, running Airbnbs or running e-commerce projects, like you, you start to just like see things, you see business. Like, that's why someone can say they're a businessman. I believe that that's an actual thing now because you just understand business. But talk to me, uh, if you could, about, you know, what you see as like common, common things that like a six figure agency should be focused on uh versus the seven figure versus the eight figure like do the priorities change in regards to like what your your primary focus should be but yes the priorities do change because business is a game of compounding right so let's just let's just do a a six versus a high seven figure agency or a mid seven figure agency at six figures, the focus needs to be building the right foundation. How do you have the right workflow? How do you execute? How do you uh, deliver, hold expectations, audit? You know, just super basic source, hire, onboard, train, funnel, close deals. Like it's really, do I have the fundamentals to get to seven figures, right? At seven figures, you have a little bit more cash to play with that. Now of a, a business where let's just say that business we're doing 2.53 million, the difference being that now that you have those fundamentals, you have to keep executing those fundamentals. That's number one. But when you're looking at a business that does execute for their clients, right? So let's say it's an Amazon agency like Mina's. Let's say they keep delivering results, but they, they lose someone. Well, why do they lose someone, right? And the focus isn't fundamentals at that point. The focus is psychology. That's kind of elite level shit now we're talking. So what... There's an equation that we work with our clients on. It's the MRR cap, monthly recurring revenue cap. And for any of you that have been plateaued or are plateaued, take out your pens and pencils because this is the equation. The amount of new deals you bring on per month multiplied by the average price per subscription retainer divided by monthly churn. That will give you your cap. Um, I think my templated example of this, it, and I'll actually do it in real time. Let's say you're bringing on 12 clients a month. Multiply that by an average retainer size of 2,000, and you divide that by a churn rate of 12%. Your business will cap it at 200k per month. Churn is calculated by getting the amount of clients you lose in a month, or the average amount of clients you lose per month, divided by the amount of clients you had at the start of that month. That's churn. Now. Um, with that equation, your goal is to figure out which of these three variables can I change that will grow my business. So in the example I gave, 12 clients, 2K per month, 12% churn. And the question then becomes, that you talk about priorities, at six figures, it's fundamentals. At seven figures, at this business now, we're doing 2.5 million roughly annually. This business might be like, I'm not sure what the right strategy is going to 2024. How the heck do I get from 2.5 to 4 million, right? Or 200K per month to 400K. How do I double? Let's do the math. Okay, 12 client. Let's change, let's do, say, th- this person might say, I think I could get from 12 clients to 14 clients. I think I could reasonably do that. And they could look at the numbers, right? If you look at how many, it's either a function of leads um, or sales. But let's just say 
without going into the numbers, they think reasonably they could do 14. They keep their price the same at 2K, and then you divide that number by 0.12%, that business will cap out at 233,000. Cool, two more deals a month will compound you to get to an average 33K per month more. They say, okay, that's something I could do that will grow my business by 33K. But when I look at this business as me, I say, hey, like your churn at 12% a month, that's like, you're very far off. We need to cut that down to at least 8%. We we, we don't want to churn more than your entire business in a year. We only, let's get down to 8%. I would say 8% is because a minimum. Is it right? 8% time, or 8 times 12, right? Yeah, 8 8.3 multiplied by 12 is going to get you 100. You're still going to churn 100% of your business, which is horrible. But from 12% to 8%, at 12% churn per month, there's like Step things in the right that are broken. Right. Yeah. So same equation, 12 clients per month times 2,000 divided by 0.08. This one's going to blow everyone's mind. 300K per month. They don't change the price. They don't. Bring they get better out at services. They get better at relationship. They get better at. But then that's but then that's the thing. Well, why is it twelve percent? And this is what people. This is where people get lost. Was the truth? And this is at Amazon. This is operational thing. What's the root cause of the reason we're at twelve percent? So there's a there's a process. It's called a fishbone diagram, where you take the issue and then you break it down into all the different types. If you think about a fishbone, it breaks onto multiple things. Is it process related? Is it people related? Is it environment related? Is it psychologically related? And then you start to make a SWOT list. These are all the things that are probably relating or correlating to 12% churn. Then we have to pray as principle. What are the things, if we were only to solve two or three of them, that would probably correlate to better retention? Then you start bringing those. And, and that's when you bring bringing someone from the outside saying, hey, I looked at your process. These are probably the top five we should be for working on now. And that's the game. The game of business, the priority is once you have the fundamentals, you need to keep doing the fundamentals, but then you need to figure out what to do better and what to do more of or what to build into. The priorities don't really change. It's the strategy of compounding does because same thing. Now that we're at 12 deals per month, $2,000 per deal, 8% churn, this, this person might bring a consultant and they'll look at the numbers and they'll be like, hey, you're booking at 12%, let's just say, 12%, they close 18% of their deals. So they're booking 66 calls per month and they're only closing 18%. I might look and be like, yo, that could easy be 25%. Let's work on our proposals. Let's work on our pricing. Let's work on our offer. Yeah. So now if we move that from 18%, closing to 25% closing rate, that brings us up to 16 of the deal. So 16 times 2,000, it's 32,000 divided by 0.08. Now this business is doing 400,000 a month and that's how you double. The game of business is, it starts with the data. And at Amazon, it always starts with the data. And then you have to extrapolate back to the root cause or what you can do more of and do better or build a new process in and then maintain that, keep running it through audits and processes and standard work and end of the reporting, make sure you're doing it. And then you need to compound on it. So that's the difference of six versus in this example, moving from 200K per month to 400K per month, it's what's the data telling us that we need to focus on next. Because in, in this instance, that I doubled this business in theory, bring on four deals extra per month and reducing churn by 4%. That, that, wasn't, that, that doesn't feel like I just did a lot numbers wise, right? So that's the game. That's the game we got to play. 
I love that. And thank you for breaking that down because that's exactly what we do for Amazon businesses. Um, you know, I'm looking at return rate. I'm looking at a percentage of, of sale for, for the shipment costs or for warehousing. Right. Uh, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at defected products. I'm looking at, you know, versus stuff getting checked in. I'm looking at price points. Uh, so if it's 2000, does it need to be 2100, you know, to get us the margin that we need? What about the cost of goods? What's it costing me to get that labor or that, that good? Um, okay. Now we have advertising and marketing. Uh, does that need to be clean? Do we need to improve that by 5% here and 10% here? And this is something that when people are dealing with a personal budget, I give a lot of people advice on personal budgets, just employees, friends, seems like it's something that everybody needs help with, you know, and it's just, you know, times are hard. Uh, but I'm giving a lot of, you know, trying to just give simple advice to, to, to help people at times. And a lot of it is like, look, it's not just about going and getting that raise at work. It's about cutting. It's, it's what are ways you can supplement your income or, or, you know, and what are ways that you can cut back at the same time and working on both sides at the same time is really how you, you know, you really make a big difference. It's like, how can you cut your expenses and, and make a side, you know, get a side hustle or whatever to help take you to the next level. Not just how do I go get a big raise at work? Um, and so when you're looking at your business that way too, where it's like, how do I slow down churn? How do I close more deals? How do I upsell the customers I have now? How do I value, you know, um, how do I not value, but explain raising prices? Am I bringing more value? Am I, you know, am I swapping out expert leaders with amateur leaders and then telling the clients to deal with that? You know, um, you know, what are all the different things that you're doing? And I think, um, uh, you know, in an Amazon way, like for me, at least there's all of these tools and softwares that kind of help you have these looks like these dashboards that you need to, to be able to make these decisions. And I think in an agency um, where I'm even at transparently is working to get those kinds of dashboards where I can see the data and trend lines and see the data as it should be. Um, have you done exit interviews? Have you looked over the last three years while you had clients leave? Um, you know, was it economical factors? Was it the pandemic? Was it, um, you know, switching out account managers and personnel? Was it uh, raising your prices? Was it uh, competitors coming into the space? Um, you know, was it because they had an all-in-one versus you're an a la carte and just do PPC? You know, what are all the different reasons why? Um, these Like, you can't look at the data of churn or churn rate or whatever if you're not tracking all of those things. And there's so, so much to track. There's so much to track. Um, so it's it really is like I literally just had a call for my podcast today that was, um, you know, he's looking for a partner to help him, uh, an equity partner or a percentage partner to come in, help him build the brand um, and exit it in 24 months. So they've been building it a while. He wants to just prepare for exit. And that's something we do. And, um, you know, what I was bringing to the table is simply to tell them he, they know how to run their business. It's going to be to tell them what to focus on and in what order to help us get there. Um so this has been super insightful and just, you know, a reminder to people trying to build something or build a team. I don't think it has to be an agency to be applicable today of just like, you know, what you're focusing on. If you can't figure out what to focus on, um, you know, get that personal trainer, get that personal trainer in the gym. That's going to be like, okay, what are you eating? Okay. You should be doing these types of workouts. What, what are your goals? Okay. You want to get big. Okay. This, okay. I want to lean out. Okay. This, um, okay. I want to be able to, I want to be able to bench press 220, you know, okay. These are the things you need to be doing for the next two months to get there. You know, I remember trying to do pull-ups. Um, it's always an athlete, but never like a gym rat. And until like probably the last, I don't know, six, seven years, I started, I go to the gym every day, but before it was more just like play basketball, volleyball, all that kind of stuff. 
and I have really long arms. Uh, I'm like six three with like you know go go gadget arms, and uh, just Michael remember Phelps arms. Yes, exactly. Uh, I can dunk, so that's cool. But I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it has something to do with arm length. Um, but it was always like doing a pull up or some some of those exercises were not a pull up, but like um, I guess a pull up. What's the one? Um, hands are wide versus the hands are under. Right? They're over. Yeah, just under. a wide pull up. Okay, it yeah. is a pull. They're all pull ups. It's just different, different okay, type of pull-ups. both pull ups. Okay, way hard. Like a really hard thing for someone with a smaller chest, really long arms. Like hadn't been lifting before. It took me a while to be able to to like pump out ten pull ups. Like, and it was like something that was just like I definitely had to incrementally do certain things to start building those muscles to be able to get to that point. It wasn't just like you want to do it. Okay, go do it. Um, it was work on an assist, assisted machine, work on, you know, and having somebody, I also had a coach, uh, a little bit younger, I was in high school. I wanted to be able to jump an inch and a half taller to be able to dunk two handed. And I got a coach and we specifically worked on jump drills and leg boosting drills and like explosion and things like that. And I got the, I got the two inches, which is crazy, you know, but if you're intentional about what you're trying to work on, you have someone telling you what you should be doing. Um, huge difference. And um, something I didn't really realize until I realized how much I could help others, it opened the space for me to be able to be like, other experts can help me uh, because there is that expertise that exists, you know. Solomon's paradox. We can't see and solve our problems better than someone else can. Solomon's paradox? Solomon's paradox. Yep. Okay. Like from the Bible, Solomon? King Solomon, yeah. Okay. I love it. Sorry. I was just just checking what the reference was. Um, there's a fashion designer I love named Sullivan. So, um, no, this has been a lot of fun. I like, um, as a brand builder, there's been so many different stages for me over the last 10 years from being the Amazon pro to pushing the industry to, okay, building other people's brands. Okay. To building my own brands. Okay. To building the agency and different focuses. And like, it starts becoming team and management and leadership and, um, you know, hold a whole bunch of different skills and you have to be to be good at tech uh, or look at, you know, operations. Um, building an agency is people and, and all of these things. So um, absolutely love this topic. I think it's helpful for a whole lot of people. Definitely going to hit up Mina, tell them, tell them we met um, and uh, hopefully get to see you, see you in LA next time I'm around. Next time you come through, let's kick it. I mean, if you're going to see Mina, I'll, I'll drive out to Culver City. And say that was the Alice in Wonderland party I was at. It was one of Mina's parties. So yes, was... he did. I couldn't make it. See, I, I was there. I was there. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Mina hooks it up. Um, I need to do dinner with him when he's back in L.A. Because we, we uh, we're in the same social circle here in L.A. So we got all the same friends. Well, so. he he, uh, he I got to tell you a quick story before we leave, guys, to the listeners. So... I grew up in Congo, grew up in Africa. I have PTSD, hypervigilance, hyperawareness. I was kidnapped, seen friends killed, been assaulted. I've just had a lot of stuff happen to me in my life, Whoa, especially younger. That's a, that's, a, that's a plot twist. Okay. Just like, you know, it's a different upbringing, but things where like, you know, I can be triggered by certain. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.